Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! All right, it's time for the big show. We actually have a couple guests with us this week that I failed to yell into the intro. Welcome to Silver and Gold. I'm the loaf, and with me, Dr. Zom. Hey, what's up? And we got Vishnu up from the Great White North. Howdy, howdy. And TL Bug Zach from little little south of me. All right, so. Um, what we are doing this week, as opposed to our normal reviews, we got some uh, pals on that were on for our show that we did like a couple years ago. And I just realized I'm playing the music way loud. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we w- <laughs> I was turning down the wrong volume knob the whole time. I was like, why is this getting so quiet? Now I just can't hear anybody. Um, we're going to be talking about our favorite films that we saw for the first time in the year of 2014. Um, these aren't new releases necessarily, just uh, all over the map. And mine definitely aren't new releases. I don't know about you guys, but I got some. Uh, I don't think I even broke the 2000s with my list. So, um, so we, don't, we won't have to. We don't have necessarily have to go through what we've been watching or anything like that. We can just get in right to it. But uh, I guess we can say, uh, how are you guys, Vishnu? How have you been? We haven't talked to you in a long time. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while now. Um, I'm all right. I've been doing well, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I managed to slice my finger open this afternoon making chocolate, and um, I've been watching Necromantic all day. So that was charming and fun. My girlfriend uh, came downstairs right when, like, the... Pardon? Go ahead. I got that, um, you know that Necromantic box set that just came out from Arrow? Yes. I bought that, and it's all lovely, and my girlfriend was napping this afternoon, so I thought, I'll throw it on now, and she decides to get up and come down right when I'm watching the extra, and this is how we shot the scene where he cuts his own erection off, and she's like, <laughs> but what are, you, what, what are you watching? And just turned around and went back to bed. <laughs> Um, and then I cut my finger open. So, yay, Sundays. What, what were you putting in chocolate that required a knife? And no, I was making cho- uh, chocolate bars. So I, I, fr- I made, I worked up on like a chocolate mix with cocoa butter, and then I froze it, and then I was chopping it into pieces with oh. a brittle. And I put in, um, yeah. All right, Zach, how, are you, how have you been, sir? What have you been up to? Um, well, I, I was, uh, I've been cutting off my own erection. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just something I do in the spare time. Uh, other than that, I've been fine. Just, uh, you know, uh, enjoying this Sunday. Did you find a home for your blog yet? Um, I I will probably be doing some writing for Paris Cinema if I get off my ass and do it. There you go. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, I remember, you, I remember you saying that you were trying to find a place to, to house it as not to just 
maintain an entire site anymore. So, yeah, so uh, yeah, Dylan's invited me to do some writing over there, so uh, I Very expect nice. to see something happen over there eventually. Cool. And Zom, how are you, sir? Besides a little groggy, I'm all right. I'm um, doing okay. Just uh, <laughs> woke up. I'm trying to get it together. Pulling it together. He's getting there. I'm using less than one percent of my brain right now. Yeah, I've been trying to do that too. It's been three days of just staring at Frasier and the wall. I kind of like it because, like, once you reach more on stage, it, it's like bliss. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I worked so hard, like, like you know, almost for two weeks straight. I looked forward to a, a long weekend, and I didn't do shit with it. I accomplished Damn. nothing except wasting money at the grocery store. Well, it's not I a did, waste. If, well, I didn't even go hungry though. I just went like and like I was just like, "Hey, I need frozen fruit." Oh, I need you know. You went just to get just for something to do. <laughs> yeah, it, that's what it was. I was bored. I didn't want to go home. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, before we get to our top ten, um, Vishnu, you said you had a, a, an honorable mention. Um, why don't you go ahead and get into that? I got a couple too. And if if uh, Zach or Zom, you think of anything that didn't quite make your top ten. Um, we can do that, and then uh, we'll go through. So we'll start with our list, and uh, I guess we'll we'll break it up somewhere in the middle and wrap things up. So, uh, Vishnu, what was your what was your honorable mention that you mentioned? <laughs> uh, it was um, Mandingo from 1975. Nice, uh, the Richard Fleischer movie. Yeah, I it's one of those ones that sort of circled around it forever and ever, and for some reason, I had seen Drum last year, which is like a semi sequel. So I'm like, I should probably watch. Um, and it was, it was a thing. <laughs> it was, it was one of those ones that sort of finished and I realized, right, this was a mainstream, like big studio movie with people, uh-huh. real people in it. Yeah, I saw, I saw a Drum I First too. I mean, they're both sort of, how did this get made kind of things. I, I mean, was almost was embarrassed when I watched Mandingo. I felt almost embarrassed when I watched Mandingo. Like, you know, oh, this is... Ugh. So, Why am I watching? Yeah, a little, a little scuzzy after this. Yeah, it is. yeah, like I was at a clan was... meeting or something. <laughs> yeah, oh They've got James Bloody Mason in it. And it's... But, um, yeah, that was, that was one I, I sort of finally got to um, after hearing about it for many, many years. Um, I'm glad I did. Didn't quite break the 10, but, you know, it... Certainly, one that's going to stick with me for a while. Nice <laughs> <laughs> stick. Um, yeah. uh, anybody else think of anything? I, I do have a couple. Okay. I, on my list, um, uh, one, the one, uh, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Rewind. I'll edit it out. I had two okay. documentaries. One of them was from 2007, called uh, "Body of War," and it was directed by Phil Donahue. And yes. That Phil Donahue. <laughs> I remember you and talking about this one. <laughs> Ellen Spiro, uh, and written by both of them. It's very good, and it will uh, it kind of will leave you a little bit like jelly, like kind of like uh, with uh, wet stuff on your eye in your eyes. I don't know what it was. Some discharge allergies. Yeah, and then um, the other one was from two thousand. See, you said that you. You didn't even break the 2000s. Well, these are yeah. two from the 2000s. Uh, Cinema Communisto from 2010. Another documentary by Mila Turjica. Turjica. And this is about uh, um, 
the film industry in uh, Marshal Tito's Yugoslavia, and their highlight was making uh, this um, World War II partisan movie, The Battle of Naretva. Naretva. Nailed it. <laughs> With uh, Richard Burton, Orson Welles, Joel Brenner, and a whole bunch of famous Hollywoodies. But both of those are really good docs, so. Nice. Zach, you got anything extra? Yeah, I, I will mention one because uh, I, I kind of feel like my top ten list might be a little too classy. So uh, <laughs> here's something decidedly less classy uh, from 1981, uh, Firecracker, uh, with, uh, what was her name, Jillian Kessner. It's just like a female martial artist thing, but the reason it stands out to me is it has an amazing sequence where they take her from fully clothed to completely naked through a martial arts sequence, and it's just Ooh. it's a pretty amazing bit of choreography. Nice. And the uh, first note of the day is taken. Fire the hacker. <laughs> um, it sounds pretty like great. A I mean, it's, a, it's a Filipino thing. I mean, you don't expect much, uh, but it's it's uh, it's got some great, pretty good choreography and, and interesting set pieces. Nice. What were you saying, Zom? I was to say the the, uh, the the nudity thing. It always kind of sounds good, but then once they start fighting. <laughs> It it's kind of weird. <laughs> Fighting naked, you mean? Yeah, whether it's a guy or a girl with things flopping and you know, I don't like that's um, true. Yeah, yeah. The the bathhouse scene with Vigo. Yeah. And his and his little tail. Um. <laughs> yeah, mine's kind of the same way. I, I when I was looking through the list, these didn't quite crack the top ten, but I wanted to mention them because. They are, you know, they're they're more genre oriented than a lot of my top ten list is. So, um, one was uh, the 1997 movie called Drive with Dacascos and Kadeem Hardison. I'd never seen oh. this before. Yeah, and I think I watched the really long version, the almost two hour one, and it was still like the action comedy can be a little grating, but it's for some reason this just worked well. I, I, it was it's it's a lot of fun. It's the 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 choreography the stunt work is pretty good and i didn't uh, i didn't roll my eyes a ton at the at the humor so this is this one's a lot of fun for a straight to video um action movie so um let's see uh one that uh this one was this one was pretty close to the top 10 was uh ninja 2 or ninja shadow of a tear this is the newest one that i, I will mention oh. from 2013 um this is the Isaac Florentine ninja sequel, which I actually oh. like. I, I I liked it quite a bit more than the first great. ninja movie. Um, Scott Adkins is really good, and uh, it was it was a cool cool actioner too. I guess that was straight to video too, right? So yeah. Lo, Alec. Well, yeah. When you watch that in my brain, do you have to say the full title? Because I do every single time. It's Ninja Two: Shadow of a Tear. Ninja Two: so Shadow of a Tear. Shadow of a Tear. If anybody is a uh, uh, Adkins fan or Florentine fan or or I mean whatever, it's this is a buy. I mean it's it's a it's a fun movie and I wish you know it's one of those things like man I wish there was just a little bit more ninja action. I mean there's action but people dressed as ninjas. I'm, 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 uh, that's my nitpick of it. But I was wishing <laughs> it had more Scott Adkins like crying and and. Uh, <laughs> Emoting. 
Keanu and John Wick, right? That yeah, kind he's of stretching. He's stretching. Yeah. No, Keanu was like freaking uh, George C. Scott compared to Scott Adkins' <laughs> motions. <laughs> but I mean, I like I like him. I like it. I like yeah. him a lot. Um, and the only other one I'll mention uh, is I watched a lot of Godzilla movies this past year, and I think the favorite one that I saw for the first time was the Godzilla versus Mothra from the nineties, uh, ninety two, ninety three. Um, this is the one with Batra in it also, and I just uh, it, Mothra's cool. Batra was really fucking cool looking. This was a fun one. I like this one quite a bit. So um, my favorite, my favorite Godzilla first time watch of the year, and there was a, there was a few. So, but I like that one quite a bit. So, um, and that's all the honorable mentions I have. We can get into our top ten. So um, I think yeah, we're gonna start with Vishnu, then Zach. Then Zom and then me, and we'll rotate around. Then we'll see when we need a break. So, Vish, what's your number ten? Well, uh, you guys have been all talking about how classy your list is, and my number ten <laughs> is the substitute from 1996. Nice, because <laughs> for some reason, Tom I had never seen his Tom Berenger, as I now refer to it as a classic. Um, I don't know; it's one of those ones I'd always seen in the video shop, and just it popped up, watched it. Um, I was surprised by how violent it actually was, which sounds really stupid when you say it out loud and think about it. But I was really surprised how um, like full on it gets with the with the violence. Um, and it was a lot of fun and really cheesy and felt like something I should have been renting on VHS when I was like sixteen, which is when I should have seen it. Um, but you know, it was pretty rad, even though it is like a teeny tiny bit racist in a some way. <laughs> what can you? Well, do? It's just like it's just like you know. Yeah, you know, the very, very heroic white Navy SEAL dude comes in and rescues all the poor little color folks. And, like, you know, <laughs> all the bad, the bad guys, like, sort of progressively go up. It's like it's the low-level bad guys, the Latinos, and they get to, like, the black guys who are actually running the Latinos. They're even worse. And then you meet the actual big bad guy, and they're all natives. And you're like, we've just sort of gone up the chain. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even that aside, it was still really fun and kind of neat to watch, like, you know, school-age punks get thrown out windows. Nice. You know, I'm assuming everyone else has seen this one. You know, I, I actually have not. It's, always, it's, it's one that's always been on the verge, and I've never seen it either. I have seen the Behringer. America! <laughs> you, fuck yeah. Pretty much. Fuck yeah. yeah. Cleaning it's them a, up. It is a very American movie. Love or leave <laughs> it, high that school kids. <laughs> All right, Zach, what's your what's your number ten? Well, well, speaking of America, um, this past year I did a lot of uh, viewing of uh, westerns, and uh, I was trying to figure out a, a way to get into some of the uh, western actors that I hadn't looked at before. So uh, I watched uh, Ride the High Country from 1962 oh. to kind of check out my first uh, Randolph Scott and Joel McRae, and. Uh, it was really great. Of course, it's Sam, uh, Sam Peckinpah. Um, you know, it, it kind of an early mode um, and kind of like a, a different kind of story for him. But uh, I really enjoyed it and uh, it kind of let me into uh, watching. I watched like probably like eight more Randolph Scott movies after that. It kind nice. of went down a Randolph Scott hole. A uh, what? A Randolph <laughs> Scott hole. Oh. 
Uh, yeah, I I had a I had a few directors like that this year that I'd never really seen anything by, and then all of a sudden I find myself watching several in a row. So awesome, uh, Zom, you're number ten. Oh my god, caught? Not I'm I'm not caught with my pants down. Um, the, the now see something you know the some of these it's weird because I feel like. I talked about them on the show, so I won't go too much in depth with them. But, it's okay. Uh, 2013. See, I didn't go too far down the hole. Um, <laughs> Jason's uh, Straytharn's hole. Um, yeah, he might. You know, he's all right. He can go down the hole. Um, no God, No Master from 2013. Uh, this is the one that uh, takes place at the time of Sacco and Vanzetti. And uh, about the anarchists that are trying to destroy democracy in America. <gasps> How dare they? And uh, some of the underhanded evil shit that the uh, that uh, some of the the big industrialists and shit uh, did to fuck with people and blah blah blah. You know, commie pinko stuff. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is now, but I like that uh, David Strathair arm. I like him. And then uh, Ted Green wrote and directed this. So if you watch this on Netflix, you probably will get on some kind of list uh, that the government has. Again. Yeah, again. After watching uh, 120 Days of Sodom. And... Um, for, um, for history's sake and for prediction, um, my brother just sent me an email, and he ran a computer versus computer game on Tecmo Super Bowl. Um and the Seahawks <laughs> beat the Patriots twenty-one to twenty. So wait a minute, write that down. Seahawks. <laughs> he said, "There you go. No point in them even playing the game now." So. Twenty-one, twenty. Um, my it'll go into 10. OT. What's that? It'll it'll go into overtime. You think so? Yeah, in the third period. <laughs> wait, that's hot. <laughs> oh, um, my my number ten. Jesus, that threw me off. It was a. Um, French New Wave film, uh, one that I'd never heard of. I don't even know where I came across this thing. Um, directed by Agnes Varda. Um, this is uh, Cleo from 5 to 7. Sure. Um, this one's a really neat one. It's about, um, I think she's a singer, but Cleo, Cleo, who is waiting for some medical results. Um, she thinks she might have cancer, but she has to wait. Like, so she's free at about five o'clock and she has to wait until almost seven to get these results. So the movie is almost, almost real time. And it's just her kind of hanging out. She goes home, she you knows she's trying to waste time and it's just kind of conversations she has with people in that little two hour window uh, lots of really cool, like, long shots. Um, she meets this soldier in the park, and uh, a big chunk of the movie is the conversation that both of them have. He's He is on leave um, from the Algerian War. Or um, I, mean, I don't know if he's on leave or if he's done with it or what, but he's back at home. And... Um, it's 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 pretty cool. So he kind of travels with her for the for the big chunk of it, kind of hanging out... Uh, you know, trying to waste the time before she's on her way, before the doctor's free to give her her test results. So definitely one worth checking out. It was pretty cool. Um, 
and I just I like the structure of it and then uh good movie. All right. Vishnu, you're number nine. Man, I am really bringing the low class list, it seems, especially following that. <laughs> no, um, no. Mine was uh, 2012's Detention for number nine. I don't uh, know. So I got some Joseph Kahn in there because, you know, it's one of those ones reading all the, you know. Uh, he, Joseph Kahn, he did, um, oh, bollocks, what did he do? I want to say he did talk. Um, but it was one of these ones when it came out because it was like a, it was semi-controversial, I guess. A lot of people hated it. Um, lots of yeah, he did talk. Um, uh, lots and lots and lots of like quick cuts and stuff. And he was sort of got into like stupid Twitter fights with people that like um, uh, oh fuck, what's the Ponzi like um one one of film blog and it was for a little <laughs> thing for a while. But um, I finally said fuck it, I'll watch it. And it's it's just really fun. It's like it is super stylized and it's um basically like it's really hyperactive and like it's very very like you can tell he cut his bones as a music video director but it's like a kind of 80s 90s throwback like a, there's, there's a there's a masked serial killer like uh, murdering people at this high school and then a girl goes backwards through time with based on a giant bear and it it gets weirder than that um <laughs> and it bounces around and it gets really bloody and then it's really funny and if you dig the aesthetic like the sort of really super choppy thing or, or just roll with it i think it's really fun a lot of people so i don't know i don't understand why people got their knickers in a twist over it um it was it was just lots of fun and quite clever and very very snappy and i think some people thought it was too clever for its own good but you know fuck them i've never <laughs> even heard of it about yeah, yeah, too clever for their own good. That's those silver and gold guys. Yep. Um, yeah, I just looked <laughs> yeah, it up. Um, Char- characters such as detention. Cinderella, uh, Punk, yeah, Nerd, Jock Kid. <laughs> so, yeah, Hipster it's, Thief. It's, there you go. It's, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's purposely sort of knows exactly what it's doing and you know rolls with it. I don't know. I like that a lot. It's very I'll fun. Check Ninety minutes. Super spacey. Anyway, yeah, cool. It was it was streaming. I don't know if it still is, but you know, I'll look it up. All right, Zach, you're number nine. Uh, my number nine is uh, from 1971. Uh, Hanny Calder. Oh yeah. Uh, starring uh, mm. Raquel Welch. Mm. And uh, she plays a lady who uh, gets raped, and then she hires Robert Culp as a bounty hunter to help her track down the guys who raped her. When the guys who raped her were played by Ernest Borgnine, Jack Elam, and Strother Martin. Oh, and over God. and over, yeah. you get a point-of-view <laughs> shot. When she like sees one of them, you get a recurring point-of-view shot of the three of them leering over her during the uh, rape. And it's just like three of the worst people to think about raping uh, somebody. And you have to yeah. see it a lot. And the worst, weirdest part is, other than the fact they rape her, they're played for like laughs the rest of the movie, like they're terrible crooks. <laughs> so, like, I wonder rapists, how they cast they're that also part. the comic part. I wonder, uh, yeah, I, wonder, I wonder how they cast that where, where it's like, all right, we need somebody really gross and ugly. We need three gross and ugly guys to uh, play a rapist who can also handle comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean that's very strange, and and Robert Culp's character just feels like he walked out of whatever 
weird Tarantino Western world that he's creating because uh, he's very bizarre. Nice. But it's good. Everybody should check that out. And I like Raquel Welsh movies, so I think more people. And, and the director, uh, Burt Kennedy, went on to direct Suburban Commando. So there you go. <laughs> we're going to have to, we're gonna have to nice. do that one someday. Nice. <laughs> this should have like Hulk Hogan, Brutus Beefcake, and Kamala raping uh, Raquel Welch. <laughs> Oh, in in uh, Hanny Calder too. Come on, Hanny Calder like back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty bad. I like that. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Zom, your number nine. Number nine is from 1960. I got out of the 2000s this time. Um, this is called. The Flesh of Fiends or Fiendish Ghouls. Mm. And it's uh, written and directed by John uh, Gilling. Uh, and um, it stars The Cush, Peter Cushing, and Donald Pleasance. And um, it's a true, uh, based on a true story about some uh, fiendish ghouls. <laughs> no, they, uh, they're grave robbers and, uh, they, uh, uh, it's, uh, Donald Pleasance and some other dude and they, they go and they, they rob graves and they're really scummy people that would probably be good at raping Raquel Welch too. And, uh, the we're building Kush, a list. Yeah. The Kush is a doctor and he's doing research, but he needs bodies to, uh, to work on. So uh, the, he pays these two uh, scuzz buckets to uh, bring him bodies. And, uh, but they decide that since they're making such good change, um, why do all the work of digging up graves and taking a chance of getting caught when you can just get fresh ones by clunking them in the head? <laughs> so I, I really like this one. It, it's, it surprised me. It just kind of came out of the blue. Nice. Um. Uh, Vishnu, this one will make you feel better. Um, I, I, I'm definitely not keeping it classy the whole time. Um, my number nine is a, a film from 1974, uh, Squadra Volante, or Emergency Squad. Um, this is a Stelvio Massi Eurocrime. Uh, Tomas Milian plays a... A detective. You've probably seen the pictures of him. He wears the old man hat and uh, has a mustache and long hair, and um, he's Ooh. very serious in this movie. It's a good one. Um, uh, I can't pronounce his name. Maybe Gas Gaston Moshin. Um, he was in uh, Milano Caliber Nine, but he plays the the baddie in it. But basically, uh, we get some f flashback stuff of Milian's wife getting shot and um Milian has this just he's all out for revenge the whole time not following any sort of any sort of procedural police wise but he he gets hint of who might be responsible for his wife's murder so it's this this manhunt the entire time and there's some cool shit with a helicopter in it and uh I love the end of it it's just an Milian's so fucking cool in this. This might be the coolest cop he ever played. I like I like Milian crazy, but he's very serious and like he's chomping on a cigar. Um, he just means business. And and uh, Moshin, I, I really don't know how to pronounce his name. And I see also that Moshin was in The Conformist, which I still haven't watched. So, oh, but dude, um, The Conformist is excellent. Yeah, I need to watch that still. But he he plays a really good bad guy too. He's really gross. So, uh, but. High recommend if you're a uh, 
a fan of Eurocrime movies. So, um, cool. Uh, we're on to number eight. So, uh, wait, I've already lost my order. Vishnu. <laughs> Me. Um, I, eight was it's well, again. I think I was trying to do things I just figured I should have seen and didn't, and finally got to. So eight uh, is uh, the town that dreaded sundown from '76, which is one that's just managed to elude me until this well, to this last year, basically. Um, and uh, I really, really dug it. It's still nice. But uh, I don't know, it's just one I'd never seen. And I it was, I guess they got that um, sequel that sort of came and went, and that sort of brought it back to mind again, essentially. Um, I'm again, I'm assuming everyone else here has seen this one. Nope. <laughs> you can always count on me to have not seen something. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, I guess, yeah, that, that, um, the, I mean, it's very much like a, oh, it's, you know, like a, you know, the actually a hillside, hillside strangler type of thing. You know, the one, a masked man is stalking a town and killing people. It's supposedly based on a true story. I don't know how much they, how much liberty they took. But I mean, it's kind of neat because it's, um, set in 46, which is kind of something I hadn't normally seen. You know, they're, no, they're normally sort of, the uh, sort of, um, stalker movies are a bit more contemporary, something in the 80s or, more recently so it was kind of neat, neat to see it as a sort of a would you say it's a period piece if it's from 46 if it's set in 46 that is uh, um, yes i would i'd, I'd say period piece if the period marks like if it makes a difference you know if it's not, not just a story but if it's like the time period affects the story in some way i guess Mm, I guess it doesn't really affect the, the nature of the story so much as just the aesthetic of the film, the way it looks. It's just sort of, you know, seeing that kind of thing, you know, that, you know, those kind of cars and that kind of dress and all that kind of thing. Um, it was, it, it was, um, it was neat. I mean, I guess also it's, it's essentially it's a proto slasher. It's seventy six, and it was had a bit more blood than I thought. I mean, it's obviously not going to be like a watching like you know a Halloween or something, but um, it mm-hmm. was it was kind of neat to see like those early proto slashers, like something like Black Christmas, you know, that kind of thing. Which is three years later than this? Black Christmas is 79, right? Uh, maybe 78, but yeah, close. Yeah, so I mean, this predates even that one. So before that one, before Halloween, it's sort of like the first one like that. Um, so they didn't really have the the trappings of a horror film in the sense of that wasn't really, they hadn't been established yet, but they sort of got the sort of early tone quite nice. And um, like I said, just kind of from a historical view of, of horror films, slasher films, and just it was well executed, I thought. Nice. Did you have you seen the the remake of it that came out last year? No, I did not. <laughs> um, uh, I it's on it's on Amazon Prime for anybody interested. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't have Amazon Prime. But I'll, I'll, if it sort of basically appears before my eyes, I'll probably watch it. But I wasn't exactly rushing out to look for it. The, did anyone um, see the sequel? No, I no. I the it, when you were saying the period thing with the with like the, I guess, not quite slasher or whatever, but I I, I did another one I watched that didn't make my top ten this year that I liked quite a bit though was, uh, Killer Inside Me with a Stacy Keach one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that uh, two years back. That was yeah, same kind of vibe I guess. Sort of yeah. So I like that one too. Um, cool. So. What number are we on still? Eight. 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 Zach, what's your number eight? Uh, number eight uh, from 1971, uh, Going Home. 
And uh, this is, I watched a lot of Robert Mitchum movies this year. This is nice. not the first Robert Mitchum movie you'll hear about. Um, but this is Robert Mitchum and uh, Jan Michael Vincent. And uh, <laughs> Jan Michael is, is Robert's son. Nice. Uh, Robert's been paroled from prison after 15 years. Uh, he was in jail for killing his wife, Jan Michael Vincent's mother. Uh, so, you know, conflict. Uh, you know, it's a heavy drama thing or whatever. Um, and it'd probably be boring as shit if it wasn't for the fact it was Mitchum and, uh, Jim Michael Vincent. Um, and they tussled a couple of times and you gotta like that. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just, it was well acted and, and pretty good. And, uh, I'll pretty much enjoy Mitchum in anything. He's one that I meant to watch a lot more of this year and hardly watched anything. Yeah. Do you think like Chris Mitchum watches a movie like that and thinks, man, I jam Michael Vincent. He plays a better version of me. Like, that's, oh. that's what I was thinking the whole time I was watching it. I was like, couldn't have Chris Mitchum have gotten that part then? <sighs> he has a couple kids, doesn't he? Uh, he's got that. Jim. Yeah, Jim Mitchum, yeah, Jim. right? Jim looks mm. just like uh, Robert. Yeah. Chris kind of looks like the golden goddess version of, uh, of uh, <laughs> the Mitchum family. He's, he kind of looks like him, but he's, he's kind of blonde and pretty boy. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom, what's your number eight? Well, I'm back to the 2000s. There you go. Not, not that far of 2000s. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know how to say this guy's last name. Uh, just, how about just, Jeremy Saunier? Uh, Sounds writer good to and me. director, and he wrote and directed this movie, and it's called Blue Ruin, uh, about nice. some oh, yeah. odd duck of a guy who is trying to get some revenge. And uh, I had never heard of this, and uh, it was on Netflix. Give it a little peek, and uh, and I must, I, 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 I think I was uh, on the. Uh, I don't know what I would like the list of pe- the only person on the planet that didn't know about this movie. So I watched it and I liked it. I did. <laughs> the, Swear to God. Uh, that one I omitted just because I, I considered it a 2014 release, but it probably would be top 10 also. I thought it was going to be a comedy. I don't know what it was going to be. Oh, God. <laughs> I did when I started watching it. I thought, oh, is this a this look? Is this did, you see, did you see Murder Party? No, I did not. No. No? Uh, yeah. Okay, I that's know. the first movie, which is a comedy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, it's such a different movie than Murder Party. That is a comedy, a horror comedy, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Blue Room was, was, was excellent. Yeah, that one's really good. Awesome. Uh, let's see. My number eight, um, not to spoil anything, but uh, Mr. Lancaster. Makes a couple appearances in my top ten. This is his first one. Uh, From 1964, directed by John Frankenheimer, we have The Train. Yay! Uh, This is is, um, Lancaster playing a French nationalist or French resistance member. I buy that. Um, But... uh, it's a it's a World War II movie, but not from the, uh, you know, parachute in and heroic soldier, but the other side of things and the the, the this kind of uh, chess match almost that 
Lancaster has with uh, this Nazi guy that they're trying to steal art on a train, and he's bound to stop it with one, one way or another. And it's 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 pretty cool the back and forth these two guys have, with really hardly even seeing each other. Um, some good uh, good cinematography. It's a it's a it's a cool movie. Uh, I liked it quite a bit and. This was Zom pushed me this year to to see more without without saying as much, but just to watch more Burt Lancaster movies. So I watched quite a few, and I I mean I'm pretty sure I enjoyed all of them quite a bit. So, but uh, this one was my number eight. So, and we'll move on to number seven. Back to Vishnu. Well, keeping up the classiness here, um, I went with um, I can't say his name, Mikhail Salomon. We Sounds did good 1998's me. Hard Rain. Because uh, I had never seen Hard Rain, which is also like a 90s. Was that in the cinema or was that straight to video? Do you even know? I'm assuming it's in the cinema. Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater. So either way, it was um, one I watched because um, actually Mario Clickers folks did it, covered it a while back, and that sort of reminded me it existed. And it was as much fun as I was hoping because it's. Completely ridiculous, and Morgan Freeman, Christian Slater, running around, and Randy Quaid, <laughs> running around soaking wet and <laughs> trying to save Mini Driver, which is weird. Um, and they've got, you know, they run jet skis through a flooded high school, and <laughs> they block, you know, chunks of a church with homemade bombs, and everyone is chewing all of the scenery, and it's completely ridiculous, and it's absolutely fun, um, and. Yeah, that guy did not make another movie after, so I just had a look. He's done a bunch <laughs> of TV shows. I see also that Betty White so I'm was assuming in it. it bombed. Yeah, she's like a bitchy, um, a bitchy old wife of this henpecked old man. But um, and she was old then too. She's a little bit old, I guess. Um, I don't know. It was yeah, it was you know '90s VHS bullshit, but it was fantastic nice. and completely like you know it's like. When Morgan Freeman was kind of like trying to be a badass, like grandpa badass. No. <laughs> Sorry, Morgan. Um, what does everybody think? Is Mini Driver hot or not? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, hot. Yeah. I forgot. She was. She's one I forget is hot. And then I'll see her in something like this, or I saw her in something recently, and it was just like, all right, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always it. been a fan of hers too. I don't know about acting wise. She's fine, I guess, but but piggish wise look looks. <laughs> I've always been a fan. So cool, Zach. What's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is uh, the oldest film on my list from 1947. Uh, the Jock Turner directed uh, Out of the Past, starring uh, Robert Mitchum again, Mitchum. and uh, Kirk Douglas and. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's one of, there's nothing, I mean, it's a masterpiece of film noir. Um, it's, if you have any interest in film noir at all, it's just one of those ones you should definitely see, because it's, um, from the film technique to the acting to the story itself, which I, I, I barely want to speak on, because it's just, you should just watch it unfold. What was the name of that one again? Out of the Past. Out of the Past. Um... But uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, it's it's Mitchum at the top of his his noir game, and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful movie. And, uh, 
and of course Tornero, a lot of people will know for like cat people and uh, movies like that. Very nice. Uh, Zom, you're number seven. My number seven is uh, going back in the past uh, to 2013. Um, this movie is uh, written and directed by Ritesh Batra, and it is called Daba, a.k.a. The Lunchbox. Ooh. And um, I like this movie. I It, it was a... It, uh, I know everybody thinks that I'm an ogre, but I'm not. But it, uh, I like the love story sometimes, and uh, I love the concept of this. And not only did um, I enjoy the uh, kind of, uh, you know, lovey-dovey, you know, uh, stuff. I also was uh, educated on the whole lunchbox uh, thing, where, uh, industry or whatever, I guess you would call it, uh, where they are the deliver, uh, uh, these people deliver people's lunches every day and they, they have a, a, a record of never screwing them up. And this is to probably, God, thousands, maybe millions of people. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. It may renew your hope in love. Mm. <laughs> 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 Fucking bitches. What? Uh, I like love. Yeah. I like love. Kind of. I like lunchboxes. Yeah. Yeah. Playing I like making love stuff. to lunchboxes. Oh, wait, what? Wait, Had what? to go too far. I have a really, I have a really hot Dukes of Hazard one. I wonder if they ever had a Robert Mitchum lunchbox, like (laughs) Friends of Eddie Coyle lunchbox. (laughs) There's, there's, uh, there's, there's our next Kickstarter. We're gonna do, uh, we're gonna do uh, lesser known crime film lunchboxes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my number seven. This is my Jan Michael Vincent entry into the top ten. Um. And also the only parents of one Charles Bronson, the mechanic from 1972. Um, I was surprised going back through my list that it was only last year that I saw this. I could have sworn it was a while ago, but be that as it may, um, this is the aging quote unquote mechanic, uh, Charles Bronson. I love the uh, opening to this, the whole watching the guy from across the, the alley or whatever the the exploding stove stuff but he's basically taking flip. what's that the yes, hair the, flip the, the, definitely the hair flip um but taking jan michael vincent vincent under his wing teaching him the business um yeah, he told him the business all right yeah <laughs> we were just talking about this weren't we like yeah. last week i think yeah. Was um, it you guys or someone else that said that when this, that was written, the original script is they're meant to be homosexual, and Jan yes. Michael Vincent's character is essentially seducing Bronson. Was that you guys that said that? Yeah, yeah, we were talking but about anyways, that last week. Yeah, right before we talked about Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, ah, there we go. I'm getting my children's movies and murderous. God, it'd be so awesome if they made another Pee Wee movie and Jan Michael Vincent was in it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know who you are. What the fuck's up with your tie? 
sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love the bitch to bring me a beer. <laughs> this one's cool because it's kind of like a Eurocry movie, Where's I guess. Uh, cool style. Um, I'm powering through, and uh, I like <laughs> I, I, I like the I like the um, the the end of this one too. It's a it's a it's a fun movie. It's a cool one. The the gentleman's guide told me to watch it a long time ago, and I'm I'm glad I finally did. So. All right. Everybody's still good? You want to keep powering through? Power. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Let's move to number six, <laughs> Vishnu. Uh, so my next one was 2008, uh, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and Step Brothers. Because <laughs> nice. I had also had never seen it for some reason. And, um, Uh-oh. Like, I, I, it took me you. a really long time. Oh. And then, like, yeah, I, it took me a really long time to get to Anchorman. Like, I, I, I didn't like Anchorman the first time I watched it. I sort of kind of an up and down on Will Ferrell. And for some reason, I just like, oh, I'll watch this. It's here. I'm like, Crackle or something. I don't know. And um, I had laughed my balls off. It was so dumb and so funny. And, like, I don't I don't understand. What, it, I don't know. It just worked for me, the stupidity of it all. Like, the whole, we're just going to completely pretend to not understand why they act as children. And... I, I don't know. Rubbing his balls on the drum set. And, and, <laughs> that was, and, that was uh, like right, what I was getting ready to say. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like when he when he buries him, when he's building, when he's gonna bury him, he's like, you can't tell. Ah, oh. the movie's so stupid. I don't understand why it works, but it just hit me, and it's fantastic. Were you fantastic. were you maybe uh, under uh, a little bit of an influence? When no, you watched it? I was yeah. I was fully straight when I saw it that time. Yeah. Um, that's... That, that was what with my Anchorman experience because I fucking hated Anchorman the first time I saw it, and then I I watched it with a different frame of mind, and um, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. You're in the yeah. zone, and you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, you it, could have been watching a fishbowl yeah, during you know. that frame of mind too. <laughs> 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 a fishbowl is my. Yeah, no, I, I would know, have rather was... watched a fishbowl than uh, like a you hated it, eh? <laughs> oh my god, I fucking ugh. <laughs> Do you hate Will Ferrell stuff generally, or just this particular one? Uh, I'm not a fan, but I've seen some of his. I, I kind of hate him, but I, I, this was just oh, this was just so bad. Aww. But uh, you know, hey, whatever, to each his own. That's what it's all about. You just gotta imagine Burt Lancaster as the dad. Lancaster. Ugh, I'd like Kirk, if, if it was Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas as the stepbrothers, it would have been. <laughs> oh, God. Jan Michael Vincent and uh, Jim Mitchum or something like that. Chris and Chris and Jim Mitchum. No, never those two together. That you should never do that. Uh oh. <laughs> Don't even think about it. So, is it like time cop if they touch then the world? <laughs> Don't crush your Mitchum. Matter and anti-matter. They did, Mitchum they, and anti-matter. It, yeah, if they touch, all of Robert Mitchum's movies disappear. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so like, oh. <laughs> Half my list would be gone. <laughs> all right, um, Zach, what's your number six? Uh, number six uh, doesn't have Robert Mitchum in it. Oh. Uh, I know, fired. sorry. But it has Dustin Hoffman. Uh, directing Dustin Hoffman in Straight Time from 1978. Nice. And uh, it's good. It's like it's Dustin Hoffman gets out of jail. His uh, uh, 
field officer uh, Emma Walsh is, is a bastard, and uh, you got Gary Busey in there and Harry Dean Stanton, and it's kind of you know they keep them caught up in the system and whatnot. I think it's still relevant too, um, which is one of the things that that struck me because I'd never really heard of it. I just kind of saw the cover and was like, hadn't seen this, and uh, went in completely blind. Nice. And uh, rather rather enjoyed the whole thing, and especially you got like uh, uh, Emma Walsh ends up getting uh, handcuffed to uh, a grate with his pants down on the, on the freeway. <laughs> and um, Gary Busey. And Gary, very young Gary Busey. Uh, and you actually get Jake Busey in his first role, uh, playing the son of Gary Busey's character. Yeah, and Ari maybe, also maybe like Jake Busey and Chris, and Chris Mitchum could act together. <laughs> oh no! What if they touch? <laughs> Oof. Jake Busey. Cool. Um, all right, Zom, you're number six. Okay. Uh, this joke never gets old, but I'm gonna delve deep back into the past. Do 2013. It. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Um, I'm having a problem, people, so that's why I might not seem like I'm on my game because I ate some split pea soup uh, before I went to sleep and I ran out of those little pills that keep you from combusting. You need some, you need some new Beano. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay, this was written and directed by uh, Lucia Buenzo and uh, it's called <laughs> Wacolda. Or the German doctor, and uh, this is very good, and uh, I love the concept of it. Uh, this uh, doctor, who it's weird because it's called the German doctor, and this guy's from Germany, and uh, he shows up in Argentina, and uh, he may not be what uh, he says, and it's kind of uh, knowing the history of everything. Um, I can see where this, it, it really kind of chills your ass. So anyway, nice. check it out. It's a newer movie, but it's a, it's not a, uh, I don't know if it's not well known, but it wasn't well known to me. I rented it on iTunes and I liked her. <laughs> um, let's see my, I keep losing the count. My number six, Jesus, um, back to Italy. Um, and back to Tomas Milian. I my number six is Vamos a matar compañeros or just compañeros. Um, this is Franco Nero as a Swedish like gun runner. Uh, Tomas Milian is a kind of a a, a, a rebel leader and. Um, Jacques Palance. This is the one where he had his pet bird. Doesn't does he have a fake hand in it too or something? But um, <laughs> this is directed by Sergio Corbucci. I like this. This this was probably my favorite, definitely my favorite first time western in a long time. Um, really cool. Uh, some of the stuffs uh, actually pretty funny. Um, it looks good. I don't know. It's this one. This one really stuck with me. Um, I've been wanting to rewatch it lately, so I need to get back and do that. But uh, don't mess up your Frasier marathons. 
Oh my god! I'm I seriously with Frasier. I'm up. I'm like into season eight. It's it's wow. absurd. I just I just turn it on and just like clean and shit. It's just on all the time. <laughs> I don't know what my problem is. We um, need to review that. Like but, just each episode, start a new podcast. This one this one's cool because it has kind of that triangular structure, like the good, the bad, and the ugly does. Kind of like guy versus guy versus guy. Maybe like and two of them try to work together against the one, and it's 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 just it's really well done. It's probably one of uh, Corbucci's better films, at least to me. So, good stuff. All right, um, you know what? I'm gonna get a drink. So why don't we take a break here, and we'll come back and we'll do our top five. Everybody cool with that? Yay! All right, we will be right back. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Guess That Riff. With me on the show tonight, my first contestant is Mr. Fred Nurk. Fred, are you ready to guess that riff? I sure am. Okay, here's riff number one. Ah, that's It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC. Fantastic, Fred. Okay, here's riff number two. That one is Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Fantastic! You're doing great, Fred. Now, this one's a tricky one. Guess riff number three. Hmm. That one is I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Fantastic, Fred! How did you know all those riffs? Well, I listened to Love That Album podcast. That's fantastic. Really? Uh, no. That's what you told me to say, Dad. Max, shh. I told you never to call me Dad during the promo. Go to lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or type in Love That Album or one word into iTunes. Listen to Love That Album. It might turn you into a rock geek. Or you might just con your son into making pitiful promos for your podcast. like waiting for the, the chorus. Simply the best. Thank you. All right. <laughs> we are back with our top five favorite first time watches of last year. Um, We'll get right back into it. Vishnu, your number five, sir. My number five is Pumpkinhead by Mr. Stan Winston from 1988. Um. For some reason, I had only ever seen number two and three up until <laughs> this year. Um, number two, Pumpkinhead Bloodwings was it was like always on one of the um, movie channels we got when I was younger. Uh, it sort of my parents were always too cheap to actually get it, so every so often they give like a free trial. And for some reason, and maybe the rights were cheap, but Pumpkinhead Two was always on whenever we had the free movie <laughs> channels. So this, I finally figured maybe I'll actually watch the first one. Um, I know, I like Stan Winston's work a lot, and I was just really taken with how, um, it's quite obviously special effects, it's obviously like, you know, on a set, and it's got almost like a, 
the artifice of all is just so nice. All like the background painting looks so cool. The lighting looks so cool. The effects, the creature stuff, it's all obviously paint and a dude in a rubber costume or something, but it's fantastic painting and fantastic rubber work. And you know what I mean? It's just, I dig that stuff, I guess. And I, I mean, like, I'm just imagining the remake now and it'll be look kind of like chintzy CG or some shit, but um, yeah. I don't know. It was we, just sort of a very fun looking way. We, um, the, you know, I mentioned last week on the Pee Wee's Big Adventure review that my brother and I had the wide, I mean the um, full frame crop of Pee Wee's Big Adventure for so long and there was a scene where you could see the the chain being fed up through the bottom of the compartment of the bike. A similar thing happened with this movie. We rented, we would rent this and we'd always laugh because with the full frame thing, there's a scene with a monster coming down a hallway. I think it was this one and you could see the wheels on the bottom of it where it was rolling oh. on the ground. Oh, it was like a, a open mat. It didn't cut Oh, yeah, yeah, they didn't try at all. I mean, you could see, like, we were like, wait, did you see that? And we just rewind it and laugh about it. So. Well, that's shit. Nice. Um, all right, Zach, you're number five. All right. Uh, I'm not going to embarrass people with mouths by uh, trying to say the uh, actual in-language title of this, but from my... Do it, do it. Na- nope, not going to... 1985, <laughs> um, more common, known, I, I guess, stateside is uh, Yes, Madam. With uh, Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock. Nice. And uh, I, I just I realized I'd never seen this, and this was like Rothrock's uh, first movie. And uh, she has a terrible haircut and a hundred thousand times worse outfits. <laughs> um, and, is this uh, the it, one? Hmm. No, I was saying, is this the one where the really, really terrible stunt double is obviously a dude, like a Chinese dude in a pink, a blonde wig at one point? Am I thinking the right yes. one? Yes. Yeah. Yes, this is that one. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, I, I believe in the in the airport scene. Yeah. Uh, you, um, could, uh, you could say the name of this one. This one's not too bad. Not, Come and do it. No. <laughs> Huang Jia Shijie. I'll believe you. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah, that's. It was great. One. I watched it like probably five times this year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Jesus. It was just one I could like just put on. Just like whoever came over, whatever was happening, I could just like totally put this on and be like, "Hey, check this out." People would be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got a lot of great set pieces, and it's crazy throughout. And and actually, the comic sub characters are actually funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's a pretty great one. And cool. and the, uh, they did one more after that that I keep meaning to check out, and I haven't seen it. All right, Zom, you're number five. Oh, my number five mm-hmm. is um, well, I don't have too many comedies on the list. This goes back to 1985. And uh, well, it's directed by Alem Klimov, and uh, the title is Idi E Smotri, or Come and See. Oh, uh, nice! And it's not uh, it's it's not funny. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this movie is um, pretty fucking no. disturbing. And um, I think that, uh, and and disturbing even more, that it was true. 
Wait, is it really? Were you being facetious when you said comedy, or is there actually comedic stuff in it? There's nothing. Okay. Put it this way. If you watch it and you find comedic stuff in it, uh, (laughs) seek help. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's, uh, this is a very disturbing movie. It's, uh, World War II, uh, from the, um, uh, Russian, uh, Soviet side, and, uh, the Germans are rolling and uh, doing all kinds of horrible, despicable things, and you see it through the eyes of this young guy. And uh, just the haunting, uh, almost, uh, you know, they always said, like, in Vietnam, they would talk about the thousand-yard stare Mm. that someone would get after they had witnessed the horrors of war. And this this one, when you watch the movie, it kind of almost leaves you with a thousand yard stare. It's, 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 uh, but I'd never seen it. All I, I remember Will and Sam Uri on the, um, talk without, what's that one? I don't the show. Yeah, um, like they reviewed it and it was, um, I kept meaning to see it because I, I, after they reviewed it, I saw a couple of, uh, still photos from the movie that were pretty disturbing. And I kept putting it off because, um, I didn't want to watch something that was that that would affect me like that, and uh, this one's pretty bad. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess it's on my list, but I'm sitting here saying it's pretty bad. It's but it's very good. Cool. That's that's another one that's been on the on the verge of being watched for a while, and I think the 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 runtime has always put me off from it because you know sometimes when you sit down a two and a half hour movie, it's just like eh, maybe I'll Is watch that- and maybe I'll watch. Uh, another kung fu movie. <laughs> um, all right, my number five, Lancaster comes back again. This is my only uh, noir entry to my top ten, but not the like gumshoe style film noir. This is a prison film, Jules Dassin's uh, Brute Force from 1947. This is a a young Burt Lancaster, and a asshole hume hume cronin is that his name yeah um if if you dig the the like the standout prisoner versus the you know jerk off uh prison warden or you know chief in a prison kind of thing this one will certainly uh fill that void for you it's it's one of the movies, I, one of the few movies I can think of last la, that watching last year that I kind of I did a, the fist pump at the end. Um, it's it's really good. Um, it looks really looks good, but uh, I guess I, I I think Dasin Dasin Dasin. I think his movies are typically uh, very well shot. He also did um, what Night Night in the City, which is another good one. So. Um, Definitely one to definitely one to track down, and I I I I've found I've become kind of a, a sucker for prison movies. So, don't know what it is exactly. Must uh, like all the all the man on man stuff. So we'll see. Anyway, um, we'll move on to number four, Vishnu. Uh, this is my oldest movie, and also actually the shortest movie. It's only sixty three minutes long, which. Doesn't really almost feel like a movie. Um, it's uh, the most dangerous game from 1932. Nice. And again, just you know, I showed up on one of those ones. I sort of I know the premise of the movie and just hadn't got to it for a long time. And it was kind of neat to actually see 
Um, I thought it'd be a lot tamer because I guess I, I, I mean, I don't have a whole bunch of experience with like movies of this age. Um, oh, did a, I don't Still have there. All right. Um, yeah. And, um, it was, it was a bit rougher than I thought it was going to be, which is kind of neat. <laughs> Very nice. I haven't, I've never seen that one. It's, it's, I mean, it's, there's a okay criterion, but it's available like on YouTube and stuff. It's public domain now that's so old. <laughs> That uh, maybe <laughs> we're slowly discovering what's making everybody laugh. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I just downloaded it too. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's it's um and like I said, it's only sixty three minutes, so it's super punchy to like get through. Because I've I think I've always been a bit nervous. Some of the older ones, if, if they if the old timiness of it all would 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 delay, but it was super punchy and fun and. I mean, it's got a kind of campiness to it now that I don't think it was intended because it's just so... It's from the 30s, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's pretty rad. Very nice. All right, Zach, after you look at Skype, uh, your Skype window, if you want to get to move to your number four. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, yes. Um, <laughs> nice. We had to get you two in there. Uh, my number four... Um, from uh, 1950, because uh, I don't know why, because uh, I love Barbara Stanwyck, and uh, it's a film called The Furies, and uh, this I will this here's a disclaimer: this film is not for everybody. Okay. It's for people that love Barbara Stanwyck, <laughs> um, and that's basically it. Um, she's great. I mean, she plays such a good tough broad, and. Um, Anthony Mann did a lot of great westerns um, and some kind of noir westerns. Uh, this one kind of sometimes gets cast as a, a more of a melodrama, um, but I, I think it's got a lot of noir trage- tragedy to it uh, instead. Um, and she's kind of she was like an only daughter of a ranch rancher who was brought up to like take over, but then at the very end of his life, another woman comes into his life and like steals the whole thing away. And she tries to win, you know, her ranch back. And uh, I think it's pretty great. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And, and uh, just Barbara Stanwyck at the top of her game. Nice. Right in the middle of her very long career, it looks like, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome. Sam, what's your number four? My number four goes all the way back to 1958. Ostensure pour le... Uh, whatever. Um, I, so it's Spanish. I, yes. Uh, this is Elevator to the Gallows, starring Jean Moreau. And one of the reasons I put this on the list is not only because I like the movie, but so I can say, da 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 um, I like Jean Moreau. Uh, people are laughing about things. <laughs> Uh, which I haven't discovered yet. Um, this one is really good. I bought it and have it on VHS because I wanted to find some more of her movies. And it sat on my coffee table for about maybe even a, like a year. And I finally decided to put it in and watch it. And boy, was I glad that I did. Um, she is uh, married, and she kind of has a little something on the side with this guy who is a former paratrooper. 
and they decide, hey, you know what? If we can knock off this dude that I'm married to who has some money, we can like live happily ever after, but we have to make it look like he like a suicide and hijinks ensues. Shouldn't those girls be wearing elbow pads or something? <laughs> I need to check this out. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that is Do you guys have do you guys have many movies like that, like where you've bought the DVD? Like, I've got a shelf of just like, I, I bought the Blu-ray, haven't seen the movie, and then it just sort of sat on the shelf for like a year or two years, or I'm looking at one that I know is at least seven I years old. I do that all the time. Yeah, That's, I do it all the time. Especially oh, yeah. when I do, like, a, a, like if I'm at like some kind of a flea market or thrift store or something, and, and, and they'll have like a whole bunch of movies really cheap, and I buy a big pile. Then, and I, I was doing that on... Um, with like this movie and with some others that are either classics I haven't seen or just some movie, some star or director that I'm interested in, I'll get on like Amazon and look for VHS because I know it's only going to be like a dollar to purchase it. If, and that, and, and probably 75 cents of that is shipping. Uh, and then I'll get them and you know, it, you just have to be in a certain mood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think mine are like that. The sort of ones I bought were like even high noble instincts, or and I get home like ah, but do I want to watch this Romanian movie about a woman trying to get an abortion in nineteen (laughs) eighty-seven? maybe I'll skip that one for now. And this one sat there so it sat there so long that when I finally watched it, I was like, "What the fuck was I thinking? This is awesome!" (laughs) You know, why didn't I watch this sooner? Was there a dusty hole on the table where it was sitting before? Oh, oh my God. The other day, I finally ran my sweeper and dusted after probably, I'm embarrassed. I don't even want to say how long. And I could have took a a snow shovel to dust my coffee table. It was gross. I I tend to lean toward the Oscar Madison side of things and not the Felix Unger. Yeah, me too. Um, Depression has a lot to do with that. <laughs> I think it does. What? Yeah, you know, you just sleep when you get home, and then you go to work, so you don't have to look at it. That's <laughs> so I try and sleep until from the time I get home till the time I go to work. It's awesome. <laughs> it My so dreams good. are much better than life. <laughs> I just I, I've I've found that I'm like if I have to get up at like seven thirty, I'll go to bed at like nine thirty just so I can lay in bed and read comics for like two hours before actually having to go to sleep. Dude, if I can get a good 12 hours of sleep, I'm fucking like a dynamo at work. Awesome. Uh, All right, my number four. um, More Lancaster. I'm sorry to say it's my last Lancaster. This is... Sensing a pattern here. It's a what? A Lancaster Um, pattern. 1968. Burt Lancaster movie, The Swimmer. Oh. Um... I didn't know what to expect with this one. I know Zom and I, I remember Zom and I talking about it and both of us uh, complaining about Burt Lancaster having been like 75 or whatever the fuck he was and still being in like the greatest shape ever. <laughs> Bastard. Yeah. But um, it's a it's an interesting, surreal type movie that doesn't really, doesn't ever really let on fully that that's what's going on, but it's, it's it's just it's a guy who 
We still need to see this. He decides he's, yeah, I, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but he decides he's going to swim home through the pools of all of his neighbors. But it's just, it's, it's, it's saying a lot more than the obvious just story up front. And uh, it's, it's definitely one you want to see. Uh, looks really nice. Um, directed, I, I, it says, I, I think Sidney Pollack had something to do with it, but Frank, a guy named Frank Perry um, directed this. He, I don't know that I'd, I don't recall any of, like seeing any of his other stuff. Um, and I think this one that's, was based on a book, so. That's one of really my favorite shows, you guys review of it. What's that? That's one of my favorite shows when you guys talk about it. Did we talk about no the gentleman's guide talked about this? Did one. they talk about it? Yeah, I don't think oh, we I'm did. I mean, we we didn't review it, review it, but yeah. I think we did have a discussion about it when I. I think saw you it. guys talked about it first because I remember I remember you, it was I kicked myself because it was the guy screening it here. He had a sixteen millimeter print, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll go. And I'm like, yeah, fucking far away. <laughs> and then I heard you. I heard you two talk about it afterwards. It's a cool one. That's got a nice uh, release, right? I think it. Uh... You know what? I don't know. Does it? Is it like? Does it have a good Blu-ray, or is it like a? I just gotta find a shitty copy. I'll well, I found up. a shitty copy, but I think I have it on VHS. <laughs> it is on Blu-ray. I don't know how the I don't know how the Blu-ray is, but it is on Blu-ray. Released? Oh, it's released by Grindhouse Releasing. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. It looks like you can pick it up on Amazon. Cool. All right. We are, gentlemen, we are into our top threes. Um, getting down to it. Uh, Vish, what's your number three? Well, following your last movie, my movie is also about the main guy who is, spends about 95% of the movie in just his underwear. Um, <laughs> sort of running, uh, trying to get home. But it's uh, Naked Prey from 1965 by Cornell Wilde. And uh, I... Loved this one. I, I was um again. It was on uh American Clickers. They covered it, and it's one of you know I've been aware. Like there's a there's a criterion of it, and it's been around forever. And, day. and it's super. I mean, these guys are. It's like set back in the day, and they're going on a safari, and um, uh, some of like these these boorish hunters. They don't. There's they go through this other, a tribe's land, and you're supposed to like give a tribute to the local tribal king or prince or whatever, and they don't. And then they get captured <laughs> and horribly, horribly killed. Like, I was surprised again for 65, like how sort of funny, fun and bloody they got. They like, they, they went out. It was nice. Um, and then the the one dude, like the, their guide, who's like the, the stand-up dude, he, he gets, because he's considered brave. They give him what they call it the lion chance, where they're basically like, all right, we'll count to 10 and you guys will run. And then some of our best warrior dudes are going to come chase you. And if they get you, they get to kill you. And it's him like running and trying to like, set traps for them and escaping. Running naked though he's he's naked in the jungle um because they strip him down <laughs> uh, so like he um yeah he's not even wearing his underwear I guess he's just he's stripped down naked running through the through like the savannah um it's really fun and like again really pacey and just I mean plot wise it's super basic but um <laughs> mm, sandwiches um it's it's a <laughs> it's a it's a good time and and I I um. I recommend everyone go hunt it out because it's. I'm nice. pretty sure it's easy to find because it's old enough. It's on um, like public domain, but there's a nice disc of it too. The it was on Netflix and it looked, it looked really good. I have to look for it. It's probably if it's on Criterion, then Hulu might have it too. 
Oh, maybe. it's. I don't know if it has a blue from Criterion. Like, you know the older ones are on Netflix? Because I think they're kind of public domain or something, some of them. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Zach, your number three. Uh, well, my number three, I put off for a long time because I'm just not a big fan of James Caan, but I couldn't resist the allure of Thief. Uh, that movie was great. And, oh, say uh, that again. You got cut out. Oh, Thief. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Um, I just, I, I, I really loved it, uh, despite the fact that I don't love uh, James Caan. Uh, I thought it was just brilliant, and uh, I, I should have known I would, because I like Michael Mann movies, but I just stayed away from it for a long time. And I, I don't think I have to convince anybody that that's a good movie to watch. Yeah. If so. you don't like James Caan... <laughs> Uh, no. Never watch anything with his son in it because he's like uh, oh. a foot shorter, which is almost yeah. impossible for it to be that short and more obnoxious. The Scott Con is terrible. Oh, he's so obnoxious. The, I hate the theme of this I show is like sons of great actors who are just kind of. <laughs> 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 Maybe we're all sons, right? That's what my dad says. <laughs> Thanks, what? Dad. <laughs> That's just a joke. Is it? When I was young, my dad said I had the body of an athlete, and he meant a darts player. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> Zom, what's your number three? My number three Cree, is Cree. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, from 2008. It is uh, directed by Kelly Reichardt and written by Jonathan Raymond. And it is called Wendy and Lucy with uh, Michelle Williams. Uh, I love this movie. It ripped my guts out. Uh, it made me almost uh, single-handedly fall in love with Michelle Williams. Uh, love it, love it, love it. I wish that I could have helped her. So I'm not a dog guy, but I'm, and this movie almost destroyed me in the cinema. So I'm actually like, how the hell did you make it through? <laughs> um, I, it was hard. I was like, I, dude, I, I was I like fucking, I was going to cry. I, I, I'm going to sit in the cinema and it's during, and I was like, and I'm, I'm not a dog guy at all. And that movie was like, this is the worst thing about I'm going to die. And I like, I don't know about that I, guy like you. How would you, how did you even make it? I watched half of it and my stomach, like I was like uh, the muscles in my stomach were hurting just because from like sobbing. <laughs> and so then I had to watch the, I, I, I literally had to give it like 24 hours before I finished it. Just, yeah. Oh, dude. She's so wonderful in this. Oh, she's fantastic. Just, in this uh, really, you know, kind of little small film, but uh, this is another one I think I picked up at Horror Hound, maybe at like a like a flea market or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah. And I, and I recommended it to people, and everybody says I'm not watching that because I know it'll wreck me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll do it. It'll do it. It'll do it. Been, it'll do it. I've been trying to get my girlfriend to watch it, and she was she's like, I told her the premise. She's like, Nope, nope. Let's watch something about you know. Do you have something disgusting that's been banned in Germany? Let's watch that instead. <laughs> cool. Um, let's see. My number three is one. 
sometimes these sorts of movies um, they can be super interesting. Sometimes they can be a little a little boring. This one kept me thinking afterwards. It's a pretty slow moving thing. It's a 1997 um, Iranian, I think. Yeah, Iranian film called Taste of Cherry. Um, All my jams. This is about a guy who he's driving through kind of the outskirts of Tehran, and he drive he'll just drive up to random people, and he's offering to pay them um, if they come back. And he he drive he. He drives over to this, basically, his grave that he has dug. And he's like, basically, I'm going to kill myself. I just need you to come back later and bury me. You can have my car, I think he says. You can have the money that's in the glove box. And, you know, it's... it's the he You know, some people don't even want anything to do with it. Some, like, ride around with them and the, the conversations he has and with them and stuff like that. Um, the only thing I wasn't sure about is the very end. But this is a movie, despite its, I mean, really slow pace. It's just, it, I, I remember watching it in the morning. Something about it was so intriguing, and it just had me thinking more and more about, you know, all the things that people were saying. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really good one. Um, nobody I really recognized in it, but it's, uh, you know, it's short enough. It's only about an hour and a half. But like I said, it's pretty slow moving because the whole thing pretty much it takes place all on his car. Um, and him having conversations. Maybe it's kind of like that, you know, the Clio 5 to 7 one I watched where it's just kind of like, you know, a, a, a day going by and, and people having conversations about, well, to be obvious about it, the meaning of life in a sense, but just, you know, just uh, uh, the fact that he's going to kill himself adds that somber tone to it. And... uh it's just I don't know. I just found it really inter- interesting. So I thought I it was good. Cool. The first, the first thing I thought was, what kind of car does he have? I think it was like a like a Land Rover or something. One of the kind of a it was some kind of SUV. Eh, if it was nice, you know, doing the guy a favor. Like he picks up a young soldier in it. He picks up like, like a, an old. Like he doesn't a, want them to kill him. He's going to kill himself, and he's sort yeah, of cleaning yeah. it up. He's like basically. He's like he drives through the hills. With with the couple with the, the with the handful of people that actually go on the ride with him, he says, "Okay, this is where it is. You can remember by this tree on this road. You're gonna come back like at tonight at such and such time, and I will be dead in this hole. I just need you to throw dirt on me. <laughs> just throw dirt on me. And you can have the car and the the money in the glove box. So it's 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 good. It's it's interesting. So um, let's see. Oh, number two. Getting down to it. Uh, Vish, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is probably the most quote-unquote serious movie I've got, I guess, on the list. Um, it's uh, Jacob's Ladder uh, by Adrian Lin with uh, 1990 with, um, what's his face, uh, Tim Robbins and a bunch of people. Uh, oh, fuck yeah, Vin Lin was in this. Um, and it's one I've sort of been circling around for a really long time and just only got to now. And it was weird in that it's i thought it was more of a straight horror film and it scared the pants of me at moments but it's also really touching and incredibly sad and horribly miserable and all of the bummer jams but i don't know it was a weird like i, I it's such an odd film and it's it's not a horror movie but it is but it's also a psychodrama and it's also this like i don't know it's just such a weird little thing but i loved it 
Very nice. You know, it's, a, it's funny, you know, you were so, you're so worried about most of your list saying I might be the only person that still hasn't seen it. Well, now I'm the only person that hasn't seen these movies because <laughs> I've never seen that one either. Uh, yeah, it's one of those ones. I know there's sort of that rumored, uh, apparently when they first came out, there was a cut, a, a slightly longer cut, and they showed it to um, like a, pre- a pre-screening and people were like leaving the room crying and fainting and stuff, and that got cut down and that version doesn't exist anymore, which is, oh, wow. I don't know how much of that is like, you know, Hollywood legend and how much of that has been exaggerated over time. But, um, cause this movie is really fucking effective, um, as it was. Now, is it a straight up like supernatural horror movie or, um, it, so it's, it's basically, Oh, so the premise is actually he's a, he's a Vietnam vet and he's come back. So it's like in the late seventies, I guess, early eighties, um, bad on the time frame. but he's come back from Vietnam and he's all fucked up and he's got PTSD, but they don't really say that. And then he starts seeing like, Things they seen like okay. demons and hauntings, and you never and they sort of it, the whole thing is like, is he going mad? He doesn't know if he's going mad or if like there are demons pulling him through to hell. You know what I mean? It sort of right. plays on that kind of line. Um, so it's it's like the horror stuff is very very strong, very cool, but it's also like you know deeper than that too. Awesome. All right, Zach, your number two. All right, my number uh, two comes from nineteen seventy seven. And it's uh, the American Friend. Uh, this is a Wim Wenders movie, and uh, with Dennis Hopper. And uh, what actually drew me to it uh, to begin with was that uh, Sam Fuller and, and Nicholas Ray both play parts in the movie. Uh, nice. And uh, you know, Nick Ray's all you know crazy haired and eye patch, and it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, and naturally, Sam Fuller's got a big white suit on because I don't think he wore anything else once he turned about fifty. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, you know based on the uh, Patricia Highsmith novels. It's a town, like Mr. Ripley movie uh, with Hopper being the the Ripley character, and uh, it's pretty great. Uh, Zom, Zom's a big uh, fan of Paris, Texas, so I'm wondering if he'd like this one. I'm a big fan of. Oh, I love this movie. I hate you like Paris, American Texas, Friends, but yeah, this is one of my favorites. Oh. Yeah. Never see, smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> this is one I've never seen. Ah, I haven't seen it either. Love it. Uh, Gentleman's Guide, I think, reviewed it. By the way. Wait, what did who? Gentleman's, Gentleman's Guide. Well, to midnight. China. Is that a men's weblog? <laughs> <Good laughs> Something right. like that. I don't know. I don't even never. Even so, I'm what's your number two? I'm just trying to be cool. <laughs> trying to be in the know. Um, 1961, uh, Straka or Strike, written or directed by uh, Sergei M. Eisenstein. Um, nice. This is a commie movie literally made in commie land about uh the russian pre-russian revolution uh takes place in a factory uh and how the uh how the rich assholes uh, exploit the workers and how they start doing some little bit of as william shatner would say sabotage and then how they kind of start uh, deciding that they're not going to take any shit anymore and they stand up and they say we're going to take any more shit good and it's surprisingly uh it's it's kind of brutal you know it's got some got some hardcore stuff in it 
but uh, kind of a black and whitey, um, you know. This says 1961. I don't. I thought it was. It's a fucking silent movie. How the hell? Or I don't know. Whatever. Maybe they just did it for effect. Maybe they, or maybe they re-released it or something. Yeah. yeah, I liked it though. It was on Netflix. Um, it was instant. It I was instant. It. It was my good. uh, my number two. I mentioned earlier that I had a um some several directors this year that I kind of finally got to and went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with and uh, one of them made it all the way to number two um, Samuel Fuller um, some of his movies I watched this past year I shot Jesse James Steel Helmet uh, we re- reviewed one Merrill's Marauders Naked Kiss um, but the one that stuck with me the most um, Mr. Lee Marvin The Big Red One um, originally released in 1980, um, I watched the reconstructed full intended version of it. I think it was cut by the, um, studio when it was originally released, but it's a near three hour cut in the restored version. Um, I, I really like Lee Marvin. Um, Mark Hamill's in it, does a good job. Uh, I never, I did not think that... Robert Carradine could pull off <laughs> a soldier, but he does a pretty good job. Kind of that um, Modine thing from uh, Full Metal Jacket he's got going on. Uh, I, I like this. I like this a lot. The, it's there's some funny moments. The beginning to the movie is just really latched on to me and um, very cool. There's a good, uh, very good. Uh, battle cinematography stuff like that and it's you know it's it's this it's a uh division i guess or a i don't know what the the group of um div- yeah division um and but you just follow basically the three main guys in it Lee Marvin Mark Hamill and uh, kind of kind of Robert Carradine uh maybe he's like second second tier now there's other guys that are in and out but it's just kind of like their whole journey all the way going from uh, North Africa Normandy um, into uh, farther Eastern Europe um, it's a really cool movie and there's some funny stuff in it it's um, high recommend especially if you're a fan of, uh, of war films um, Fuller does a good job with showing them I guess the camaraderie that comes of this i mean he was a he was a veteran himself so i guess that makes sense but it's 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 i appreciate that he can bring that across and film so well and it doesn't feel feel you know ever all that melodramatic or corny or anything like that maybe maybe uh merrill's marauders did a little bit but we, we reviewed that on the show but um but Big Red One is uh, looks great, and it's I mean it's long, but it's good if you like war movies. So I liked it a lot, a lot. Nice. All righty, time for the number ones. Everybody ready for this? I could feel the excitement. Did somebody just snore? Um, Fish, what's your number one? Your favorite film seen for the first time in 2014? Keeping it super classy. I went with Umberto Lenzi's Nightmare City. Yeah. Because for some reason, I have just never seen it. And um, <laughs> fuck, that movie's fantastic. So I'm just sad I didn't see this on VHS when, back in the day. This is like 
zombies running around bashing people in the head with machetes and hammers and <laughs> girls doing aerobics and then getting eaten um and oh it's so sleazy and dumb and italian and fantastic um <laughs> i i watched that one um at the beach in the green zone eating a butter pecan ice cream sandwich that yeah. sounds fantastic Ooh, that sounds I, I, I i i'm i may have green zone this movie a couple of times <laughs> It's a good it makes about that. as much sense either way, um, but yeah. yeah, that was my that was my jam. And that has um, uh, my guy uh, Hugo in it, right? Hugo Stiglitz. Hugo Stiglitz, <laughs> the worst named Mexican on earth. That dude was in like eight thousand Mexican movies. Is he Mexican? I don't even know. Yeah, he was born in Mexico. Hugo Stiglitz. Oh, love the Hugo. Oh, cool. Um, Zach, what's your number one? Uh, my number one, bring everything from my list together into one title. Uh, it, it's a Western. It's, nice. uh, it's a film noir, and it also has Robert Mitchum in it. Uh, from nice. 1948, Blood on the Moon. Ooh, I have recently p- procured that one. Been meaning to watch. It's it's amazing. Like uh, I didn't think that the mix of western and noir would really come together in, in the right way, but uh, you know, Mitch Mitchum's so great it works out. And uh, it's directed by Robert Wise, who did you know Sound of Music and uh, Star Trek the Motion Picture for the three Ooh. people that like that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'll argue that some other time. Um, <laughs> But uh, it, it's pretty great, and uh, it's beautiful. And unfortunately, there's only, like, uh, kind of cruddy copies out there that you can procure. Wow. Uh, and I wish that this had a really nice, like, uh, super sweet, what? beautiful copy. Awesome. All right, Zom, what was your favorite first-time watch of 2014? <laughs> there it is. My favorite... <laughs> Roll, From 1959, uh, Robert, is it Bresson or Bresson? Uh, probably, I don't know. I think it's uh, Bresson. Bresson. Um, this is the movie Pickpocket. I have never seen it. Uh, it's a Criterion uh, movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about a, uh, a very introverted uh, dude who is, his profession is being a professional pickpocket. And... Um, Black and whitey, very awesome. I don't want to say too much about it, but uh, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. It's very interesting, just his uh, his kind of paranoia, and uh, he meets a chick, and uh, you know how they kind of sometimes mess things up. And uh, also running into some other people who are into the same profession, and uh, eh, the police, and you know, just uh, it's very good. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's my number one. Recommend. <laughs> nice. My favorite film, and um, a little tidbit of uh, information on it, or for at least personally speaking, this is the only film out of my top ten that I watched more than once last year. I watched this one three separate times. Um. From 1967, Mr. Lee Marvin again. We did it on the show. 
Point wait, did we? Point blank from nineteen six as I said, nineteen sixty seven. Did we we did point blank, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. This film, it just, it, it just looks fucking cool. The Lee Marvin was made for this movie, or vice versa. Um, John Borman directed it. Now, John Borman and I started off rough on our show because we reviewed Zardoz. <laughs> Zardoz and Zardoz and I didn't get along, but point blank. And I watched Hell in the Pacific soon after this and thought that was really good, too. Um, point blank, it just it's, it oozes with style. It's um, Angie Dickinson, super hot in it. Um, Wormer is a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, I can't I can't say enough about this. Go back and listen to our review of it because I probably gushed over it there too. Um, this movie had me tracking down the Richard Stark novels. Um, I was happy to discover that uh, Darwin Cook illustrated a couple books that he did. Um, it's 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 really good, and it was on sale on uh, Amazon and iTunes recently, and I picked it up there too. So, but uh, by far. That that movie, I think, by far was my favorite of last year. It's just, you know, it's it's rare that I revisit a movie so quickly. Um, I think the only other movie I did turned around like that was Grand Budapest last year, uh, but that would that would be for another list. But um, still, I usually don't that. watch them so quick again. But uh, I, I this it, it it's it's just it's just awesome. I, I and I I've become quite the Lee Marvin fan, maybe due to this this one alone. So. Very nice. Well, that is our top ten. Um, uh, Vish and Zach, I, we, we want to thank you guys a lot for coming on the show. We always like doing these uh, roundtable things. I know it's it's tough to get everybody together. and um, So I thank you both for coming on on this welcome. glorious Super Bowl night. You're very welcome. 14-7, Patriots. There we go. Maybe I can go find a stream of the game. It'll be my first wa- first football game of of the season, so. Yeah, why but um, bother? I appreciate it, guys, and uh, I might um, post our top tens on the, uh, cool on the on the Facebook group. Um, I think Vish, you sent me yours, right? And then yep, Z- Zach, if you want to just type yours out if you feel like it. And also, we don't have um, we haven't picked any movies to review for next week. Um, if uh, if you guys like, I was saying uh, during the break, if you guys wanted to pick some for us we'll do a couple shows dedicated to you as thanks for um being on today and um yeah that's about it um i got a little bit of feed sack but i'm just going to hold it over um for a proper show and um you can always send us feedback to 206 or feed sack excuse me to 206-339-1600 or silver gold podcast at gmail.com um, and you can find our show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and our website at silvaandgold.com. And um, oh, and if anybody wants to send in any uh, any feedback on your favorite movies of last year, we'd love to hear it and read it on the show. Thank you, Very sir. Very nice. All right. Um, does anyone else have anything else to say? Anybody have any plugs or anything else they want to put on? Uh, I oh, thank you for having me. That was it. Thank you, sir. And um, yeah, and check out, um, look for TL Bugs upcoming literature on paracinema.net. Yay. Right. And um, 
everybody enjoy the Super Bowl. And uh, are you guys going to say uh, oot with us this week? <laughs> this is not a good sign. All right. Until next time, <laughs> this is a loaf oot. Some oot. Bye. Cree, cree, cree.